Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, I'm Ed. Welcome to the Faith in Kids podcast. We're all about the whole family and this is Meals with Jesus. Hello, Jam here. Hope you're having a good day. We've got a whip around question straight away. Let's get into that. What meal do you most look forward to or are you most looking forward to? It might not be your favourite meal, but it may have a special significance. For me, Ed, I cannot wait to go down to the beach and cook bacon for breakfast and have bacon sandwiches with my family on the beach. I am genuinely looking forward to that meal. Is there a meal you're looking forward to like that or have ever looked forward to? I am very much looking forward to my dad's birthday weekend in July and I haven't had a meal with my dad for, I honestly can't remember the last meal I had. And we're all going to gather there as a family and make a huge fuss of the man we all adore. Can't wait. Maybe you've got a meal like that coming up in your family. Why don't you talk about that in the whip around question? What meal are you most looking forward to? Today, we are all about looking forward to meals. Obviously, it's because today Jesus tells us he had been looking forward to this meal. But there's a meal he was looking forward to even more. That's so many meals to look forward to. 
Jam, do you know what I'd love more than anything else? What is that? I'd love fun facts. Let's do some fun facts. The first fun fact takes place in the tallest mountain in Africa. What is that, Ed? Mount Kilimanjaro. It is nearly Kilimanjaro. It's Kilimanjaro and it's in Tanzania on the equator. It's a dormant volcano, which means that it might explode at any given moment. But what do you think happened on top of that mountain in 2016? A volcano almost went off, but it didn't quite. That may be true, but here's the other thing that happened. Pizza Hut delivered a pizza to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, 19,000 feet up. Isn't that amazing? Do you think they did it on a moped? (laughs) I think they did it on foot. There was a guy called Randall Blackford, and he set up with a team of professional guys to deliver a pizza because obviously they've just launched their pizza chain in Tanzania and they got very excited. All I can hope is that after three days, they didn't forget the garlic bread because that has been known to happen, hasn't it? Have Have you ever had a takeaway where... There has been disappointment because it's not all been delivered. It actually feels like it's almost a weekly occurrence in lockdown that we don't get one thing we thought we'd ordered. (laughs) My last fun fact is, you've heard of a stuffed crust pizza? Yes. There are now so many ways of attaching cheese (laughs) to dough. It is frankly incredible, isn't it? Yes. Um, But there's also a four cheese pizza... What's the most number of cheeses ever assembled onto a pizza, Ed? Four cheeses, quattro formaggio in Italian. So I think Trente Cinque would be 35 cheese pizza. Ed, you have Italian skills. I had no idea. Well, Jam, I've bamboozled you. How many cheeses can you put on a pizza, Jam? Benoit Bruel, in February last year, put on 254 different cheeses. On a regular size pizza, tiny amounts, but 250. You didn't even know there were 254 types of cheese, did you, Ed? I'm actually trying to work out if I can say 254 in Italian. I got as far as duocente, cinquente, quattro, maybe. If anyone speaks Italian, I'm really sorry for butchering your language. Do you know what, though? The accent really sold it. So uh, I, I was fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. Jam, thank you for giving me fun facts. We're now ready for our reading, and we are in Luke chapter 22, verses 7 to 27. Can you listen out for when Jesus tells us how much he'd looked forward to this meal? Our reading is Luke 22, verses 7 to 27. The day of unleavened bread came. This was the day the Passover lambs had to be sacrificed. Jesus said to Peter and John, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us to eat. They asked, Where do you want us to prepare it? Jesus said to them, Listen, after you go into the city, you will see a man carrying a jar of water. Follow him into the house that he enters. Tell the person who owns the house. The teacher asks that you may please show us the room where he and his followers may eat the Passover meal. Then he will show you a large room upstairs. This room is ready for you. Prepare the Passover meal there. So Peter and John left. Everything happened as Jesus had said. So they prepared the Passover meal. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles were sitting at the table. He said to them, I wanted very much to eat this Passover meal with you before I die. I will never eat another Passover meal until it is given its true meaning in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus took a cup. He gave thanks to God for it and said, 
Take this cup and give it to everyone here. I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom comes. Then Jesus took some bread. He thanked God for it, broke it, and gave it to the apostles. Then Jesus said, This bread is my body that I am giving for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup shows the new agreement that God makes with his people. This new agreement begins with my blood which is poured out for you. Jesus said, One of you will turn against me. His hand is by my hand on the table. The Son of Man will do what God has planned, but how terrible it will be for that man who gives the Son of Man to be killed. Then the apostles asked each other, Which one of us would do that to Jesus? Then the apostles began to argue about which one of them was the most important. But Jesus said to them, The kings of the world rule over their people. Men who have authority over others are called very important. But you must not be like that. The greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the leader should be like the servant. Who is more important, the one sitting at the table or the one serving him? You think the one at the table is more important, but I am like a servant among you. So you've heard about the Last Supper, you've heard it from the Bible. Now what happened after the Last Supper? Here's a couple of people who were clearing up afterwards. Have a listen to this. I think they've gone. What's it like in there? I feared the worst. When 13 blokes book the party room, it's normally pretty grim, especially when they order wine. I'm surprised they ordered wine. This Jesus bloke can make his own wine, apparently, out of water. And bread out of little barley loaves. I was worried he was going to order a glass of water and some rolls and that would be it. Oh, but then you can hardly make a pitter when you've got all the ingredients. Yes, I can. Flour and water and... And eggs? Eggs? Well, not eggs. Uh, Anyway, what were Jesus talking about over dinner with his friends? Are you suggesting I was listening at the door? I'd never do that. This still's far too thick. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't sound like much of a party, which is weird. I mean, it's Passover. It's meant to be a celebration, isn't it? It's a bit commercialised now, but it's such an important story. My mum used to tell me all about the first Passover, about how our ancestors were brought out into the desert where God fed them, with bread that would be lying around on the ground every morning. Do you imagine that? You get up in the morning, walk out your tent, and you're whacked in the face by ciabatta. But miraculous. <laughs> Good to know that if you're stuck somewhere you don't want to be, or if you're stuck indoors when there's a play passing over, remember there's always hope. Hmm, <laughs> hope. I had hopes for Jesus. I thought he'd rescue us from the Romans. Yeah, me too. If he's going to defeat the Romans, he's got a funny way of going about it. At the end, I came in to uh, clear some plate when Jesus took bread and wine and said to eat and drink these to remember him. As if he was going to die? How can Jesus die? Isn't he a miracle worker who can heal the sick, give sight to the blind and raise people from the dead? I know. He's probably worrying about nothing. I'm sure it'll all be fine. He's probably gone off to the garden to walk it off. It'll do him good. Yeah, it'll be fine. He'll be fine. Right, time to wash up. Lockdown has been a time none of us will ever forget. Locked in our homes, coming out only for just a few reasons. Food, a walk, and, well, that's it. There is less to look forward to. But do you know what I've noticed? I look forward most of all now to people. 
I never knew how much I loved people until I wasn't allowed to see anyone. Let me take you to Jesus's final meal in that upstairs room with his best friends, the disciples. We call it the Last Supper because Jesus knew his death was coming just the next day. He wanted time with those he loved the most. He'd been looking forward to it, a last meal, for the final time. Or was it? Listen to what Jesus said to them as they sat down for that meal. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles were sitting at the table. He said to them, I wanted very much to eat this Passover meal with you before I die. I will never eat another Passover meal until it has given its true meaning in the kingdom of God. Jesus is sat eating the Last Supper, saying it's not his Last Supper. He is looking forward to the next time, the better time, when he won't be in an upper room, but in the kingdom of God, in the new creation, in heaven. He said, I will never eat another Passover meal until it's given its true meaning in the kingdom of God. He was looking forward to the final perfect forever meal when he will be eating with all of his friends, with everyone who has ever trusted in him, with you and I. But before that meal, with all of us, Jesus had to make a way to get his disciples and us to that place. Because there's no way any of us are getting there to that meal in heaven on our own. Think of it like this. Imagine a wide, rushing, fast-flowing river. It's dangerous. It's in a foreign country. It's frightening. You're there with your friends. None of you can cross it. To step into that river would see you swept down, gone forever. It is wide, it is deep, it is crashing, it is loud, and there's no way across. You're not going anywhere. That is as far as you're going. So you sit down together and have a meal. You eat with the sound of the crashing river so close you can barely hear each other talk. And while you're sat there, you're safe. But that frightening river is always there, impossible to ignore. Then one of your friends the best of you, says he's going to build a bridge to get you all across. He says he looks forward to the meal he'll have with you on the other side. You look at him as if it's a joke. He can't build a bridge on his own across that river. But he sets to work. Building, hammering, sweating, soaring, heaving. It takes everything he has to finish building the way for all of you to cross. Just as he puts the last nail in, he turns to you to wave. And then he dives into that river. Swept away. Gone. You rush to search the river for any sign of him, but there's nothing to see. With heavy hearts, you and your friends walk across the bridge. His bridge. With an ache. Missing your friend who made it. He should be there with you, but he's not. You take that last step onto solid ground. His bridge has done it. One after the other, you're all there together. You look at one another, delighted to be safe. And then you see, he's there, your friend, 
standing with you, smiling. He's back. He was swept away, but now he's safe. And he has a meal, ready for everyone. Better than the first. The first one was a picnic. This one's a banquet. Oh, you are laughing. You're smiling. You're together. You're safe. Do you see how that is what Jesus did? He had a meal, his last meal, with his friends on one side of death. He looked forward to eating with his friends a better meal on the other side of death. But before that meal, he had to make the bridge, to get across. Not just for himself, but for his friends. A way that only he could make. That is Jesus' death and resurrection. A bridge from the Last Supper to the forever party for us to enjoy with him. And that meal is the one he is waiting for. And so are we. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that Jesus Christ has built a bridge. His death and resurrection makes it possible for us to join him on the other side of death. Thank you we don't need to be frightened. Thank you we don't need to be unsure. Thank you that we don't need to be sad. Thank you, Father, that we can be there with him and he is waiting. Amen. Amen. So much to talk about there. And you can do that now with... Ed's Got Questions. You could start by drawing a picture of that river and that bridge. You could start by drawing a picture of the picnic on one side and the banquet on the other. And you could draw an arrow to show what the bridge is really about. Under fives, what is exciting about a big meal with friends? What do you love about big meals with friends? Fives to sevens, Jesus said that one day we'll be with him. What are you looking forward to about that day? Eights to elevens, it is very strange to get excited about a last meal before death. How can Jesus still be excited? And over elevens, imagine you're sat at that last meal and a little brother leans across to you and says, What's this meal for? What would you say? Have a chat about that now by pressing pause or we'll have those questions again at the end. Maybe you want to listen to this song first. It's from our friends Awesome Cutlery and their brilliant song, Jesus When You Died. Jesus When You Died It looked like a failure All your friends had gone They thought it was over Jesus, when you died You did not deserve it This was all God's plan When you die 
Jesus when you die All our sin was paid for Now we're free to live The life that we were made for One with God above Living as His children We trust in His words Knowing you fulfill them Thank you, Jesus, thank you That you died for us We will always thank you, Jesus, thank you That's pretty much all we've got time for. Ed, what should people do if they actually like this podcast? I mean, there is a chance that they do, isn't there? Start off by sending us an email to say why you like this podcast. You can be as rude as you like about Jam, but not me. We're at (laughs) podcast at faithinkids.org. Or you could just tell a friend about us. You know, there are some people out there who don't even know we exist. Isn't that incredible? Bye-bye. Cheerio. Under fives, what is exciting about a big meal with friends? What do you love about big meals with friends? Fives to sevens, Jesus said that one day we'll be with him. What are you looking forward to about that day? Eights to elevens, it is very strange to get excited about a last meal before death. How can Jesus still be excited? And over 11s, imagine you're sat at that last meal and a little brother leans across to you and says, what's this meal for? What would you say? And Ed, have you heard of the four cheese pizza? I have. Or Catro Fromaggio, as they call it in Italy. (laughs) 